When I travel overseas, call me international dollar. Accepted everywhere across hemispheres, grad school scholar. Verbally poetic, spiritually prophetic. Travel this globe in hopes of finding poetry spewing from native tongues. If you think you've reached your peak, wait until you hear that next poet speak. Everyone has a story to tell, and poetry does it well. What's your story? Being here, we have a great guest for you tonight, all the way from New York, has been in the poetry game for a very long time. Please help me in welcoming to the Poetry Globe stage the one, the only, Jive Poetic. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Jai, thanks for coming out, man, all the way from New York City. That's right, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, That's I was right. going to ask you, what part of New York do you hail from? Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Jay-Z bringing my New Jersey Nets to Brooklyn? Well, they're my New Jersey Nets now, so uh, thank you for those. Um, I, look, I, mean, I appreciate it. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're a tough team to love, but I love them, so... Yeah. I mean, they, they, I, I agree. Once they come across the bridge, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in that supporter. So I go to the games and watch us lose. But you know, I'm there. Yes, yes. Yeah. We're gonna have a hard few seasons. Hey, I'm I don't, you know, support doesn't waver. So I'm you, with them. You've been in poetry for a very long time, and it, it's sometimes you, you have to make a distinction between poetry and spoken word for people to, you know, really know what we're talking about. There's these distinctions that are made. You've done a lot, you've seen a lot. Just, can you give us a timeline of, just a timeline of what that looked like from when you said to yourself, I'm a poet, to where you are today? What, what are a few of those pillars in that timeline? Okay. Um, because you have such a rich history mm, in the poetry world. Thank you, yeah, uh, those, let's see, those, those timeline, those landmarks, yes. um, I've always been fascinated with language. I've been writing poems and listening to raps and interpreting both as each other, you know, because I believe they're the same, right? All raps are poems. It's not all poems are raps, right? So um, probably around seventh, eighth grade, I realized I really liked how language functioned together. Um, maybe in high school, I was writing poems college I wrote I was writing poems to, that's what I discovered you can write poems to girls uh -huh. right <laughs> and, then, and that was I tried in eighth grade it didn't work seventh grade, eighth grade poems don't work on seventh and eighth grade girls they're not interested right but um <laughs> and then during college I really started to be like I'm on to something I might be on to something here I'm gonna be on a career path here and uh I went you know went through college I got a job working in television and all so of that career yes way back then. I I think I, whenever I do something I'm like how can I always do this? <laughs> how, can, how can I enjoy doing this and get paid for doing this? How can I live this life? Because I'm going to be, I feel like if you're going to be doing something all day anyway, if I'm going to be writing poems all day anyway, then everything else is just getting in the way, all right? So I was thinking like, okay, poetry could be something, you know, what could it do, right? I was working on television and um, I was sitting the day writing poems on my desk and I was like, you know what, does it make sense to just be sitting here doing this and I want to be doing something else? So I just took the jump and, uh, went to some poetry festivals. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I always use the phrase, the, the word poet. I don't like the, I don't like the words, 
spoken word art. I think that's too vague, right? You know, spoken word. On, right, no, it's, it's, a, it's a huge umbrella, right? Spoken word is not just performance poetry, it's also monologues. These are all spoken words that you're performing, right? These are one man show that's right. all spoken. Like, that's all fits under this. That's why, you know, Kim Fields and Obama are nominated for spoken word, <laughs> you know, right. awards. Right. So, I, I always, I always specify like I'm a poet. It doesn't matter if I'm doing it on stage or writing it in the book. We're still, still literature that we're creating. So I avoid the division. But um, so after I left that job, I just started doing it full time, going to festivals and then uh, performing, slamming. I made the New York Weekend Slam team in 2003. Providence, Rhode Island in 04. Mm -hmm. 05 was New York Louder Arts. 06 was Brooklyn. And then I started hosting uh, the New York Post Cafe after that. So you, you, you mentioned a few of the slam competitions. You came out champion at some of those competitions. What, as, as an artist, what is, do you have any distinction between writing for competition and writing for other entertainment value or educational value? Do you go into those differently? Do, okay, so the question is, do I write for entertainment or do I write for the performance? Of, and I think all those things are considered. I, I don't really like people say, I don't, I only write for myself. You know, sure you do, right? <laughs> that's that's fine. We should we should all assume that every poet is writing for them. Or if we don't, because it's always it's not always true, right? Some people are writing only for the stage or only for the performance, only for the competition. The problem is. You can't anticipate every audience or every element in the audience. So if you're writing solely for the enjoyment of the audience, solely for the laughter, solely that's it. You're gonna find yourself disappointed a lot because you know I have poems that performed like this is gonna be the line. This is gonna be this line is gonna they gonna just go crazy and then I do the line and they did not get it and it's like and, and I actually waited for them to get it too. I said boom boom boom. They didn't get it. And, and that was on me because I said, like, yo, just do the poem, man. So, I mean, I, I try to consider all of these things. I think most poems, I think slams, these competitions, they're mostly about how well you can connect with the audience in that moment, right? So it's about what poem they need to hear. I've, been, I've slammed against people and they've done haikus and slams and they've totally worked. And I've seen people do like long form free verse poems and they work, you know? So it's really about how you get those things there and not really so much creating distinction but creating ways to communicate with the audience in different elements. So do I write for the competition? No, I don't really write for the competition. That's interesting. Right now. That's interesting. That's I compete against my last poem. That's what I'm doing. This poem did this. I want to write a better poem than that. That equates you, know? you competing just against yourself. Right. Maybe. Be better than you were a day ago. Being better than yesterday. You know, DLC making each rhyme I write better than the last, right? That was that was DOC, man. I think one of the one of the best poets out of Dallas, moved to California, NW Wayroll. Maybe I gave my age away, I don't know. All right. You you mentioned California, but I so I know that you're beyond domestic. You know, I know that for, for some competition, uh, you've traveled to Hawaii, you've traveled to London, to, you know. On Poetry Globe, we, we say that poetry is international. You know, I know that music is the universal language, but we like to say that poetry is international. Just to tell people that it, it's, people are doing poetry in more places than just where you are. So I know that you've traveled. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, poetry taking you around the world and what some of that experience has been like? Okay, so poetry, I've been to Australia. You know, Germany, uh, Brazil, 
Canada, Queens, <laughs> you know. I mean, it'll take you, you'll be surprised, right? I mean, I've been places that I would never expect to be able to go, right? You know, I have my, my corporate day job, I'm working, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take my, get my vacation days, I'm gonna take a weekend somewhere. And I did not think that I'll be in Australia for a month doing poetry shows. Then I think I'll be Warsaw, Poland, or Germany, and, and uh, England, Amsterdam. I mean, I, I go to these places now to do art, and, uh, and that still like kind of you know amazes me that I can my thoughts and my art can take me to these places, but it has taken me around the world um, so much so that I, I can't imagine now not being able to do that. Like I have to let my words take me around the world. You now. just embrace that part of it. Have to, you know. Has that all been for competition, or has that also just included you going out there on your own projects? So no, it has. Uh, the first performance in, in Canada was a competition. I went to with, with uh, Mahogany L. Brown, Hostage, and Brother Earl. We went for the cross the border uh, Tri City Slam, and that was competition. But I, I do compete when I go out of the country. But it's not usually I'm going just for the competition. Like I'm, I book shows, I book uh, readings, concerts, festivals, whatever, what have you. And I, I try to book as many as I can. First time I went to London, we booked a, a week of shows. And we stayed an extra week so we can book other shows while we were there. Just on your own? Just, just out there, yeah. And what are, what are the communities, the poetry communities out there like? Are there any similarities to what happens in New York? Are there extreme differences or extreme similarities? I mean, here's the thing, right? Being in New York, I always have to, whenever I go somewhere, it always takes me a day or two to get New York out of my brain, right? Like, I always go, I'm always in the city. It's like It's like New York jet lag. This is legit. I go like... All right, this wouldn't be happening if I was back in Brooklyn. I'll tell you that much, right? I do that all the time. You can't, you can't live your life that way. You can't, you can't live your life comparing it to where you just left, right? Let, it, let every environment, let every culture, let every uh, a grouping of people function in their own way, you know? So I, I go places and I see, you know, I mean, there are similarities because they enjoy language as much as I do. But the way they function are completely different. Like I've been in a slam in Toronto, and instead of doing scores, they just have you hold your hand out and they put a crystal in your hand. <laughs> and whoever has the most crystals by the end of the night, that's the winner. Yeah, that's that is very different. I, I'm not, I was not prepared for this competition. I'm like, is it close your eyes? I'm like, all right, no. They <laughs> didn't even give you insight into that before it happening. They, they told us it was going to be a slam. My brain already thought I understood slamming and boom, I didn't. It was like light up everybody. And I'm like, what? And they put your hand out. <laughs> this is, and they started putting crystals in our hands, and that was it. Did you win? I did. I did win. 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 I, I, I don't remember how many crystals it was, but it was it was more than the guy who had less than me. So <laughs> I did. I did win the crystal slam. I don't know if that's it. Awesome. I should have put that on my bio. Yeah. <laughs> update the bio. Now you you mentioned workshops. So you, how can you're also an educator? Right? Yes. You do a lot of work with students, with, I'm not even just going to say youth, because it doesn't have to be youth, you have uh, different age groups. So, you know, talk a little bit about teaching poetry and, you know, maybe just a little bit about your work with the students outside of, you know, the art itself. Sure. So, I, I make it a point, whenever I'm anywhere, wherever I'm on the road or even at home, I think it's necessary to, to work in the community that you live, to work in the communities that have supported you, to work in the community that you call home. Um, and if you have 
art that you can do, you should do it. You should use this to mentor. You should use this to, to help your community move forward. So I make it a point to teach in different environments whenever I go anywhere. So I do residencies in Brooklyn uh, at a, a transfer school. And transfer school, basically, I think the rest of the world calls them alternative schools. I guess we rebranded them in New York or whatever. But I do these, these uh, workshops where I teach poetry, well, hip-hop and poetry, or hip-hop as poetry, or poetry as language and pedagogy, right? And it usually confuses the kids for at least three weeks because they tell them you're going to have a hip-hop class. They think they're going to be spinning on their head or making beats or spinning bars. They never know exactly what they're going to do. And I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about poems. They, yeah, they're confused. <laughs> the, the, the guys are like, hey, listen, we're going to put you in hip-hop class. And the kids are like, great, what does that mean? We're going to spin They have no clue. So, but you know, I show them the poetry and the music that they listen to every day. And once you can do that, then they'll, they'll follow you. And I mean, sometimes that means have, I get to have a discussion about Jay, Nas, and, and Raekwon, or it means I might have to be like, all right, I got to listen to Fetty Wap and Designer and figure out what are the poetic elements that, that exist here. <laughs> and, and, and they do, they exist there. I mean, they, they absolutely exist there, but you know, they, they also remind me how old I am when I listen to it, but it's there. I mean, my mother was concerned that I was listening to whatever I was listening to back in the day, so. You are. Uh you're in a very unique position. You're you're a host of Wednesday Nights, yes. man. Correct me if, if that's not the full title. That's right. That's a New York show. That leads into people that win there coming back on Friday night. That's correct. correct. Yes, sir. I, I entered on Wednesday night. Okay. I didn't make it to Friday. Okay. <laughs> I felt cheated, not by you. Did you? Okay. Yeah. But. It was a great experience. That, right that venue has a lot of history. Yes. And I can does. tell you that the, you know, those brick walls, I, you know, I think you really feel it when you enter that space. When you walk in on a Wednesday or Friday night, you feel it. Being in that unique position, you, you are an artist, but you see a lot come through that door That's and right. across that stage. Tell us a little bit about some of that experience. Just. <laughs> Okay. From your unique position and perspective, okay. that you have one that other people don't. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I, look, here's the thing, right? I, I didn't start hosting there until maybe 06, 07. And the reason why, I mean, Mahogany Brown was hosting and she moved to Friday and then I moved to Wednesday. She's amazing. She, she is amazing. People used to look her up, right? So what was happening was I had just gotten back from an international tour and some poets were in the audience and uh, Mahogany called me up to do a poem. And I did it. And then one of the poets said to me, oh, man, I can't wait till you start slamming, man. When you start slamming, I'm like, dude, that's my picture on the wall, right? <laughs> right there. And it dawned on me, it was like, I'm gone so much that the people in my hometown don't recognize my face. And that should never be a case. Like, if I want to talk about New York and Brooklyn all the time, at least when I come back to do art in my community, they should recognize me on site, right? And that's my fault, you know? So I started, host, I started hosting there. And uh, you see some of the wildest stuff, man. I see people who are like young posts and they're amazing. Or, or they're not good yet, but they're on to something, you know? And I have one of your workshops. Yeah, they're really on to something, right? And, but, but, you know, they're trying to do something. And, um, you know, I've I've seen I've seen so much so many crazy things, man. I've seen uh, and the rules on Wednesday are ridiculous, right? Like, don't take your clothes off, don't be upside down. Like, I have to say these things because all of these things have gone wrong in this in this Real performance. People like a guy really got naked one day. Another guy really attempted a backflip off the stage, landed in the chairs, knocked everything over. Like these things, I'm like, look, this is not whatever you saw on HBO. This is <laughs> this is not. We can't do that. We don't have that insurance. First off, you. But um, but you know what? The, the most important thing, and the thing I see the most is like I, whenever I see those hungry faces, man, the doors open at nine, right? 
People start waiting outside at like 7.45, 8 o'clock, man. The line is real if you go get there early. Yeah, the line, is, the line wraps around down the street. This is on a Wednesday. And a Friday night, people don't always even get in. And like just looking at those faces, looking at those hungry faces, even being one, I used to be one, I used to get there at, I used to get there at 6. All right, I would get there at 6 and sign all my friends up, right? But, um, yeah, yeah I, that's why if you ever go to New York and you see me standing by the stage watching the list. Because I know that I used to go out of 20 names, I had signed up 10 of them, right? Yeah, no, I can't, we can't have that happen. But, I mean, I see, I see a lot of, 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 of true emotion. I see a lot of pain on the stage. And I see uh, people just trying to find a way to express themselves. And it's hard to find places where you can do that, right? It's hard to find places where you can go and just talk. And, and do your art, or attempt your art, right? Right. So. That's beautiful. I, I appreciate it as a poet, and definitely go check out the show if you get a chance. Let me ask you, so recently, Beyonce's Lemonade mm -hmm. hit. Hit okay. TV, right? Hit yes. HBO. And she does have poetry filtered throughout that album, visual album. And, and I bring that up just to talk about the topic of uh, poetry and when I say commercialism, that makes it sound like a slander, just commercialism. And I'm really just talking about poetry being used to reach masses uh, through a commercial setting. I, mm -hmm. It's something that I appreciate because it adds to that voice. But what's, what's your perspective on poetry in commercialism? I, I think commercializing the art. I think that's funny, right? I think commercialism, commercialization, capitalism, these are all agreed upon curse words, right? These are your capitalists, curse word, right? But um, I also reckon, first off, uh, Warsaw's publisher, Nee Park, except I, you guys should look at this, he's a friend of mine, right? And uh, he put this out, he put the book out. I think what people need to realize is that. Poets are always selling poetry, right? There's a book for sale, there's a CD for sale. Um, I think when you put it in the realm of, and I agreed not to talk about Lemonade for, for, for like at least a month and a half, two months. I, went, I watched it, I was like, I'm not gonna say nothing for two months. Because I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of the second month. But, but look, I'll, 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 talk, I'll talk a little bit about it. Because here's the thing, right? I, I realized what Beyonce did with Lemonade and the poetry that accompanied it it was for a very specific group of human beings who are often finding their voices taken from them. Uh, I think black women, women in general, black women in particular, are always being told that you don't have a right to feel this way. You can't feel this way. You ain't got no superheroes. You got like they, they do all this stuff to them, and then lemonade happens, and it's like, she's, she's Wonder Woman, she's Superwoman, just all at the same time. And then that's like, oh, she's a capitalist, and she ain't no good. She ain't thinking of stuff for herself, and she ain't. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> you know, like, let, do nobody have this argument when we see Jay-Z, right? So, and he sells everything. Yeah. He sells everything. But the thing with, with, uh, with, with Lemonade and the poetry, dispersed, I don't think, I didn't feel like the poetry was being exploited. Like, it's one thing when you see a poem and it's being ex exploited, ex exploiting the art. So that's I felt like it matched up enough. I felt like it was, it was in sync. I didn't feel like Warsaw was being abused. I didn't feel like Beyonce was, I mean, Beyonce's selling a product, right? She's selling the, the art that she makes. And we can't be mad at that because we enjoy buying it, right? But um, I think I'm more concerned, like, I remember back in the 90s, they just have, 
when they really discovered rap was something, right? Before we know, we knew it was something. Before they really discovered something, they said, "Put a rap in everything." Spike commercial, rap, yeah. KFC, MC Hammer. Like it's like they put it everywhere. Like that, I was concerned with, right? I don't think Warzone got exploited by this, so I'm not, I'm not so, I'm not so up in arms about it. And I also felt like it's, it's maybe it's unfair for me to, to critique Beyonce from a from a male hetero position anyway, right? Like I'm in a position of, of male privilege, right? And I'm looking at Beyonce talking about what she ain't doing right. Th that's the problem with the, the system, right? Uh, so. So maybe commercialism okay, exploitation not so okay. Co commercialism requires defining in this context, right? Because I mean everything, I mean, you've, you've, Everything's for sale, right? What is it? Even 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 television shows are for sale. Commercials buy into it. Like once you once you take that out of your house and put it on stage somewhere, somebody's paid to get in, right. you know. And somebody made some money off of it. And a lot of the times it isn't the poet. Right? A lot of the times they try and pay you in, in in exposure, right? That you cannot pay your rent with exposure. They do not want to hear that. But you know, it's, things are being sold. Are people right off. Go ahead, church. Go ahead. You know, but it's a real thing, right? So when we start using words like commercialization, and we got to, we have to define. We're talking about exploitation. Also, are we talking about and, and who's benefiting, who's getting hurt, who's getting crushed? You know. That's good. Yeah, that's that's really good perspective. Thank you for sharing that with Thank us. You. Before I let you go, let me ask you: Do you have a favorite word? And if so, what is it? Being the literary scholar that you. Do have. I have a favorite word? I don't know if I have a favorite word. I, I use the word listen a lot. I start, I start, no, no, listen. <laughs> like, I use listen as interjection all the time. No, 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 listen, listen. I hear what you're saying, but listen. That's what I'm saying, right? But um, I don't know if I have a, a favorite word. I know that I, um, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I don't like the word proverbial. That's the way I don't I have, I can take my least favorite word. Okay, least favorite. The least favorite word, proverbial. I don't think one should put the word proverbial in their poem, man. Your poem should be proverbial already. Don't tell us. We, we get it. We hear it, you know. Never putting proverbial in a yeah, word. Write that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, once I hear it, I'm like, the whole poem is already proverbial, man. You don't got to rewrite it. But no, I think, I think, uh, listen, I think, listen, it really engages all of your senses too, right? And I think people need to spend more time listening, more time listening, less time talking, you know? Because the environment will tell you everything you need to know. People around you will tell you, even with their body language, you pay attention to their body language. Language is still spoken, even if it's physical, and you're listening, even if you're looking. So, um, yeah, I think listen is my favorite one. Well, we enjoy you speaking today. We're gonna come back and listen to you. Right on, okay. The feature set for the Poetry Globe audience. All right. Thank you, John. We Thank you very much for having me. All right, so how's everybody doing? Everybody's good? Yeah. Good. All right, I'm going to do some poems. That's my whole intro to my poems. All right, I'm going to do some poems. That's it. Somewhere on God's green earth, American mainstream is as real as tooth fairies and Santa Claus. There, a child knows no Christmas Nintendo, no Coca-Cola classic trapper keepers. Where's the beef? It's not rhetorical humor. Ronald McDonald has not sold any hamburgers. Billy Dee Williams has not sold any 40-ounce bottles of manhood. Michael Jordan's wings are not being sold by Nike. There are no Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies. No Tybo tapes by Billy Blake's. No luxurious college girls going wild with Dr. Huxtable and his Jell-O brand pudding pops. 
No! Viacom is not Mitchell Short, no! Flavor, 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 no! Flavor, flavor, faces exist to scramble joke on neither Bobby nor Whitney exists to riddle omelet on either, not a single paparazzi sniper covering a tabloid spy in the dark. No Michael Jackson's a target practice in the light, no Anna Nicole's to exhume in the headlines, no presidential sex scandals to soap opera out of proportion on a newsstand near you. Rupert Murdoch is not handpicking the executive branch. There are no action heroes acting like politicians, no politicians acting like action heroes, neither no Jesse the body slamming governor, no, no Jesse the body slamming governor, Kentucky Fried, Tukey Williams, sis, 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 the all-American way to foreign, the outside world is not American enough. We need a more user-friendly Cuba, a more democratic Baghdad. A more English-sounding Mexico to match the less Eskimo-looking Alaska and the most Florida part of Hawaii. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. Because they ain't with us. And they're against us. And they're coming like, they must hate freedom. Coming like, they must be terrorists. Coming like, they're going to steal our jobs. And we won't even be prepared with enough slurs to growl at them properly because somewhere on God's green earth, Klansmen aren't wearing hoods. Crosses aren't being burned in the punchlines of comedians. Internment camps aren't being built in the banter of talk show hosts. Dance hall chorus are not threatening alternative lifestyles. No bleaching cream, gentrifying faces. No razor blades to end it. Oh, who's going to teach them to hate themselves better? Rerun the shuffle of Ted Danson's blackface better. Syndicate Sicily Tyson corn rolled into their Bodeg scalp better, better, better. Capture more Africans to sell on our rice boxes more. Colombian blood to sweeten our coffee more. Exotic more. Asians to skin trade in our magazine more. More, more Muslims are going to have to be demonized. I said more Muslims are going to have to be demonized once they learn to love Virginia ham. <laughs> and Macy's. <laughs> and Thanksgiving. And Texas barbecue is going to taste great in India for New Year's. No swords, less guns. Missionaries will have a new style. Conquistadors will sell radio waves undetected. The Crusades will be on pay-per-view on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. While we sit with our feet propped on the third world's back, fronting like Manifest Destiny, ain't still being cooked up and served hot via satellite. Thank you. Guys, thank, thank you for taking the Poetry Globe stage. Give it up again for John. Thank you very much, everybody. All right. Now I'm out of here. <laughs> thank you, thank you. In closing, I leave you with real woman. I met a real woman, a real deal woman. I know how to get on her knees with hands together or hands up or pray and pray safe woman. As someone special, your precious woman. And know that God is love and love is life, woman. A brighten your day, spark up your night, woman. An educated, sophisticated, travel the world, woman. A once was a girl, has put away childish things, now a woman, woman. But when I see her, she all up in my mind. Got me thinking about her for days, woman. And no nonsense, handle her business, don't play, woman. But yet a playful woman. A smile, laugh, joke, tickle and giggle, not afraid to act silly, woman. Confident, comfortable in her own skin, stay stunned, walk is mean, woman. You don't have to tell her, she knows she a real woman, woman. A pack of picnic, walk in the park, play ball for a man, woman. To take me out to dinner sometimes on her dime, woman.
They take me out to dinner sometimes on her dime woman. A woman that makes it easy for you to want to do for her woman. And out all night with her man dance woman. They stay in the house all night with her man candlelight. Fragrance nice, massage right, lingerie out of sight, body tight, romance woman. And out with her girls, that's her must. It's all good, she earned my trust woman. And not easily influenced by others, but make her own decisions, woman. A grown woman. And know how to make a house a home, woman. A virtuous woman. Won't hurt you intentional, woman. Actions speak louder than words. So, you know, she's the type of woman that I peel my flesh back out of place and bust through my chest plate to expose my heart and show her I love her, woman. I want to take her home to your mother, woman. And ask her father for her hand, woman. A wife for life, woman. A mother to her children, woman. I met a real woman. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here at Poetry Globe, where we are all poetry all the time. And remember, poetry is international.